that when I changed my changed my career midstream and I had a family and children and I took about a 40 to 50 percent pay cut, um, I never regretted that, not one day. Welcome back, everybody, to The Current, uh, Toro University, California's alumni podcast. Uh, I am uh, Bill, your host, uh, as I have been for all of these episodes. Um, we've been on a little hiatus, in case you haven't noticed. Um, we've been celebrating our 25th anniversary at Toro, um, so uh, we've been a little busy uh, lately, but we're trying to get back into it. Hopefully you're having a great fall, uh, staying warm, staying dry, all that sort of fun stuff. Um, I have a special guest who is uh, helping me out today, um, and she has come a long, 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 long way uh, from India, as a matter of fact. Um, <laughs> Sanskriti Desai, our new uh, digital marketing specialist, that just means she does social media stuff. Uh, Sanskriti, welcome to the show. Thank you, Bill. Um, we've got uh, a, a very, very special guest, very cool guest today. Uh, he's uh, one of our alumni from the Graduate School of Education. Um, and he just got chosen for a pretty awesome job, the superintendent of Vacville Unified Schools, uh, Ed Santo Padre. Ed, welcome to the show, and congratulations on... Um, being chosen as the superintendent. Well, thank you, Bill. It's uh, it's great being with you, and uh, I'm excited to to look forward to starting this this new job in right, the fall. Right, right. Um, just uh, I know Sanskriti's got some some questions she wants to pepper you with. Uh, <laughs> okay. um, but just to just to sort of start out uh, for people that might not sort of get what this is. What um, you, you were a principal for a while, for a long while um, at at Vacaville High School. Um, what is the, what is sort of, uh, the superintendent role? It's kind of the principle of all of the schools really, right? It, it really is. It's, um, I see it as, as our job to support the principals at all 17 of our schools and, uh, help them bring to life our vision and, and make sure our students really achieve at their, their highest level. So yeah, we, we really, um, support, support the schools. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, uh, one, one more quick one. Uh, what um, can you tell us a little bit about sort of what brought you to Toro originally? Yeah. So, um, like many students, you know, my path was not straight linear. Um, you know, uh, high school, college, degree, masters, and on. You know, I, I had those turns in the road too, and and Toro just seemed like a really um, strong program with flexibility for somebody who was at the time I was early in my principalship. And so, you know, high school principal is out every right. night doing something. And, and Toro just was really flexible about it, but, but still a really strong program. Uh, and, and, you know, it was right, right here in Vacaville at the time. So I, I, uh, only had to go to, to Mare Island a few times. Most of it was in Vacaville and it was, it was just right for me to, to finish this right. up. That's uh, that's what a lot of people love about the program is the flexibility of it. And uh, yeah, um, Sanskriti, I know you you prepared a question or 
10. Um, no, <laughs> just a couple of questions. Uh, what, uh, what would you like to ask? So my first question being, uh, you spend a lot of time as principal. Uh, can you discuss how that role is similar to this new superintendent role? And what are some challenges you will face now that maybe you didn't as a principal? Sure, those are great questions. Um, so the roles really are similar in that in, in both situations, you're really running a large organization. As a high school principal, we had 150 staff members, um, 2,000 students, and just a million different things going on. And very often, I was sort of the last last decision maker in, in the process. Of course, lots of things go to the district office and, and need collaboration, but really it was our team at Vacaville High School, and I was sort of the CEO of that at the time. And and now coming to the district office, I've been an assistant and an associate superintendent and, and learned how, how that flows at a much larger level. And And again, as a high school principal, you can make a change, make a decision, and start something on Monday, whereas, you know, with what we're doing, we have to look at all of the impacts, all of the different schools that could impact. How will this, how will this play out in different places? So it's a little slower and more collaborative, actually. You really have to work with so many more people, including our governing board, um, to, to make these decisions and move because it's, it's for the whole organization, not just try this at a, at a, at one school. One of, uh, one of the things I know about Ed is, uh, he has a coaching background, uh, which is not dissimilar from teaching or being a principal. <laughs> um, and one of the things that they say about uh, what makes a great coach, you can take a mediocre team and turn it into a good one and turn a good one into a great one. Um, and I, I think uh, when, when, when you took over as principal at, at Vacville, um, it was, you know, it was a good school. It had a good reputation, I'm sure. Um, you know, and, uh, but, but you, you, you were able to sort of nudge those needles up a little higher on the, um, performance index across the, you know, across the board and athletics and academics, uh, all, all sorts of things. Um, what, uh, what are some things that you achieved while you were the principal that you're particularly proud of? So, you know, it was a, it was a great situation for me to step into, not unlike what I'm going to be doing next year. I think I prepare to step into really solid situations, but Vacaville High School had a lot of really big strengths when, when I was there as a teacher and, and an assistant principal. Again, always known for athletics and, and that's sometimes a curse as well as, as a compliment, um, because people don't see the other things, but it had a great culture too. Lots of alumni were, were proud to be part of the school. So, so there was a foundation for some, some great things. And the principal before me, and I, I still keep in touch with her and give her a lot of credit for sort of calling out the academic piece of what we did as maybe not on the same caliber as all of the activities and school spirit and clubs and sports that we did. The academics maybe wasn't quite as, as, as great. And so we really decided that that's the focus, right? So because all of those fun things are great, but, but we're here for a reason. And, and what we set out as the goal was we want our students to have more than a diploma, right? A high school diploma is, is important and it's great, but it is not enough. And so we said you either have to be college ready. You have to be career tech ed certified. Um, 
you know, these are the these are the things we need in addition to to graduating. And we set some some pretty lofty goals. The the three that I'm most proud of is our uh, A through G college college going results, right? So the A through G are those set of criteria that allow students to go straight to a four year college. And um, my first year as principal, 26% of our seniors met that criteria and could go straight to a four year college. And in my last year as principal, nine years later, it was 62%. And, and our goal was 70. Our goal is still 70 for that high school. And, you know, they've gotten it up around 65 or so. And, and those last few are, are tricky to get, but it, it's still a, it's still an accomplishment we're really proud of. The second piece, and it goes with it is, is being college ready whether it's taking a college course at a, at a community college or it's taking advanced placement courses, um, we wanted to see more students doing that. Um, I remember when my son went, went to VACA High, took some AP courses, and it felt like a little school within a school, right? A small group of students taking all the same courses. Well, we more than doubled the number of AP offerings, and we had different ones. It wasn't just calculus and physics and, and, and English. It was AP studio art, AP uh, government, uh, AP economics. So, so we really increased, and, and so getting the number of students to pass tests was really a goal, too. And we increased that by, by a lot. Again, my first year, we passed 190 AP tests. And my last year, we passed just over 500. So, so those are, those are the things. And then, of course, the career tech things. We upgraded facilities and, and had students who chose that path. And we made it as important as the college path. And so to be a CTE completer was as strong and is today as strong as being a college ready student. And, and really those, those were the focus of the academics. It was, it was college and, and career readiness, AP, A through G. And, and the hard part is to not get distracted by other goals and other things. And well, can we do this too? And we just really stuck with those things. We wanted more than a diploma. We wanted kids. We said 70% of our kids need to be college ready and 30% need to be um, career tech ready and and you know that gets you there so that was that was sort of the the plan we we took as a team right i i'm glad you mentioned the vocational training aspect of it too because um that's um that's a big you know i i, I have a college degree um <laughs> and um you know i i know it's 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 not for everyone it's it's not like it's not everybody's cup of tea and it's not a, it's not everybody's path um, and then on the flip side of that, um, there's, you know, oh, a housing crisis or whatever. Well, part of that is because there's not enough people that know how to build stuff. <laughs> so, right. Um, right. so, I mean, that's not the only issue, but, um, <laughs> that is part of it. Um, but, uh, speaking of college degrees, um, Sanskriti went to high school or just went to all of her schools. Uh, in, in India, but she went to college here in the United States. So I think she has an interesting perspective and a question that's related yes. to that. Yes. So I grew up in India and I did my high school in India. Uh, but in India, uh, students are more driven, like for success, they are more driven by their cultural and culture and like the society perspective. Like, uh, parents want us to be like more than just like, Okay. Uh, of course, they want us to be a doctor and engineers. But uh, other than that, they want us to be like, you know, 
oh, like in my culture, there is this one person who is a doctor. So it's like more culturally driven successful than like uh, just like academically driven successful. So how do, we, how do we install that same type of drive in American students? Uh, some have it, but how do we get that across the board? Yeah, that's that's the, the million dollar question. And I think what we're trying to do is to communicate with groups of parents at an earlier age. Can't tell you how many students are in high school for a while before they realize how many credits it takes to to graduate, how many, you know, which classes to be college ready. And so we want we want parents to know in sixth grade, in fifth grade, and really start, and, and that's why we've brought AVID to our, to our district, really to, and, and brought it all the way down to elementary schools. So we have these discussions. Again, not so much to, to drive everyone to go to college, but my, our goal really is when they walk across that stage at graduation, they have a plan for that next Monday, right? They, they know what they're going to do. And a real quick story. I was at Wilsey Wood High School here in Vacaville last year and, uh, Senator, uh, Congressman Garamendi was there giving an award and talking to the students. And he asked three students, he said, you know, what, what are you going to do next year? And the first one said, well, I'm going to go to San Jose State and I'm going to major in computer science. And he's like, wow, that's super great. Second student said, well, I've, already taken several classes at Solano Community College, so I'm going to go for a semester to finish my bachelor's degree because I already have many credits, and then I'm going to go to UC Davis. Super. The third one said, I just finished my internship in Ron Duprat Ford in my certification, and I'm going to be a mechanic for Ron Duprat Ford on the Monday after graduation. And I thought, that's what we want. All three of those, right? Took college classes while in high school. We went go straight to a college or, or our career is set and we're going to, we're going to fix cars right, right out of the gate. And, and so, so we want to get the information to families that all of those are possibilities. All of those. And it's not for me to decide what a student wants to do or what their interest is. It's my job to open the doors so they can get there. Right. And uh, the fun thing about India's high school education is that we have to decide on our sophomore year of the high school, which we call it a 10th grade, uh, that which major do we want to select already? We do wow. not get a chance to select in college. No, we don't. So I initially decided to be a doctor in 10th grade or in sophomore year of the high school, we get four options. One is biology, another is mathematics and uh, business and arts. So these are like basically the basic categories. And in college, you go to uh, like, you know, be more specific. Like if you chose a biology in 10th grade, so now what do you want to do? Do you want to become a doctor? Do you want to go in a lab technique, be a lab technician or like, or do you want to go to pharmacy or do you want to go to like, you know, other uh, other schools or like other studies, but it has to be related to biology. We cannot change it. So what you decide in 10th grade going to follow you through entire life. Right. Yeah. So um, that's, uh, but you know, one thing that I, I learned that like, that's actually very wise one or that's actually very, uh, like more like okay goal oriented like they develop high school students as like okay that student knows by that time that like okay what i want to become or right, what i want to go for and uh, 
sometimes they do so there are universities that lets you change the uh, subject they but it's like 0.5 percentage university or maybe like 10 university in the whole union whole india but uh that i changed it i came to us i became a marketeer but uh i that was my goal to be like a doctor it, it, mm. when i was in sophomore year of high school well i i don't know about you bill but my 16 year old self had no idea what i wanted to do and i have to tell you my 35 year old self changed i didn't start out as a teacher i started out as a contract negotiator for the phone company so i did that for for several years and then then changed and decided so so you know i guess either either gets you there but yeah. uh yeah we uh, I, that that wouldn't have worked for me. <laughs> yeah, no. Um yeah, I had no idea what I was doing. Um right. it just in general when I was 16, <laughs> no idea. <laughs> right. Um, right. <laughs> um it, it's interesting you, you said you didn't start off teaching because that was the next question I wanted to get into um because I know one of the things that uh the graduate school of education is is always sort of I don't want to say grappling with but just sort of contemplating is uh how to sort of serve that pool of uh teaching candidates or teaching professionals um and i know there's been kind of this oh there's a teacher shortage and then the teachers will come back and be like no there isn't there's a money shortage <laughs> you're not paying us enough to be right, teachers right. um what uh, just from your perspective what does the sort of teaching landscape look like why is it still like a worthwhile uh, I, i know you're going to say yes because you're the superintendent um <laughs> but is it a worthwhile profession to pursue after and and um and should those people that are kind of on the fence about getting their credential or maybe coming back and getting their masters or whatever like mm -hmm. what 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 is the case that you can make for them to do that So I can just I can just use my experiences and say that when I changed my changed my career midstream and I had a family and children and I took about a 40 to 50% pay cut um I never regretted that not one day because the work that we do with students the the lives we change the people I still keep in contact with from that first year and it's funny when I go around town now I know which era people met me because some call me coach some call me Santa Padre so you know so so there's a different name for each each layer I was at but um you know the the impact that we have on students and families and our community um make it a no-brainer that that this is and with all the things in the way right because we do have shortages and we have we have struggles and and there's you know the pandemic just has thrown everybody off all true and it's it's harder than it's ever been and it's still more rewarding than than anything I did before that right i know um one of the one of the differences uh sanskriti was outlining about her experiences as a young student um was the uh <laughs> the crunch to pick your career path <laughs> when you're very young um but she was explaining to me something else that i found quite interesting um and i i'm interested to get your perspective on her perspective um but what was the situation like in india sanskriti with because uh, i asked you if if all the kids just went to the neighborhood school <laughs> and you laughed at me 
yes, uh, I laughed at him because this is that was one of the cultural shock I had. That like, wait, everyone goes to the neighborhood school? No, that doesn't happen in India. Uh, so uh, more people are drawn towards private schools in India because those are like. Uh, it says that they are more there are more educated teachers in private schools but uh there are also like you know public schools there and uh, uh there are also like public schools there and the, if you want a decent education like it's like okay private schools are the main priority we only have two schools like in my city okay one is private and one is public and private school is like 10 times expensive than the public school but even though like parents are not earning enough and uh, public school has more uh things to provide they were still sending them their uh, kids to private school or like most famous school basically like i we won't even say that like neighborhood school most famous school in the town we would send our children to there and uh, that is like i know the public system in the us has uh, drawn criticism for different reasons and what case can you make that the public system is still really strong and a great source of education in the states great great question i love it and as as i answer this i want to say that i am not in any way criticizing the private schools in the area nor the charter schools so we have that network too of charter schools that that they all they all have their areas and their niche that they're very good at but i would say that we we also do so a couple things that i think about when i think about public schools and 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 what we offer um we offer a, a really well-rounded education. And I have to tell you, there are a lot of people in our area that are very much shopping schools. It is not just go to your neighborhood school. And it's within our district. It's from outside our district. We have, so we have just over 12,000 students in our district. And about 900 of those students don't live in our district. They come from other nearby districts and they, they choose to come here and they fill out forms to come here and ask to come here. And then within our district, we have students who go to Markham Elementary for the dual language program or they go, they go to different places for different, different things. And, and it's very much thriving. And then the other thing I would say is, um, two things. One, our top students compete with anyone's top students. So, so our top students go to Air Force Academies and Ivy League schools. My son, who went through regular schools all the way up, went to Dartmouth. Um, you know, so our, our top students compete with everyone's top students, but also our school system takes care of our students who have disabilities. They take care of students who are new to our country. They take care of students who um, are are of poverty or homeless. And and to me, that's that's our greater good. So if we can if we can change trajectories for students, that helps the whole community. And one quick story I remember from a student who was homeless as a freshman and sophomore, wonderful family, lived in a, a shelter his junior year, just was part of Avid, was a wrestler, was just a, a great kid who just needed needed supports because he was living in his car, ended up at the Naval Academy, and his life and his family's life is different forever now. And, and to me, 
you know, I, you know, Bill, earlier you talked about, you know, good schools and great schools. And, and I thought, you know, when we have great students, our main goal there is to not mess them up, right? Because right. they know what they want to do. They're going to do it. We support them in doing that. And that's, that's, uh, we take pride in that, but when we can change the trajectory or we can take a student who has had real difficulties, a disability or circumstances, and turn that into a success, that to me is is why public schools matter, because we take the whole range of students, we accept everyone. Yeah, um, yeah, that's, a, that's an incredible story, by the way, um, and uh, that's part of what makes my job so rewarding is I get to report about things like that that happen um i'm gonna i'm gonna get you one more quick question uh, before we're out of time here officially um but i think one of one of the key challenges uh that you're gonna probably face is um you know and i, I saw this in a in a previous life um working as a journalist up in the sacramento area in um in the Elk Grove area where they just sort of exploded in population and they went from like one high school to nine in like a decade <laughs> um and and I know Vacaville's got quite a large development or series of developments that are going on uh along Leisure Town Road and some other you know little pockets here and there um so you're going to have quite a flood of new students I'd have to imagine here in another year or two uh, what, what are some of the sort of ways that you have to prepare for, um, the good news is that you can see the houses being built, so it's not like a surprise. <laughs> so, right. Right. uh, how, how do you have to sort of prepare for like, oh, our district just got twice as big. <laughs> right, right. And our growth has been pretty, um, steady and, mm. and slower. And then during the pandemic, we lost 400 students mm. who some moved out of the state, some went to private school, some went to homeschooling, like, you know, just weren't able to do it. Many of them have already come back and we see the growth happening again. The houses we saw being built, the apartments that went up so fast got there before we were, were sort of ready. So, so we're looking, and it really is an issue for elementary schools. Our high schools have the capacity to take more students and our middle schools are fine, but the elementaries, we're looking at the possibility of having to build an additional elementary school here, here soon. And, um, we're hoping we can, we can do that, but we are watching all of that growth. And, and with that, it, it, it's, it's important to make sure that whatever you do, whatever we add, it fits with our culture. It fits with, with what we're trying to accomplish. And we don't grow so fast that you sort of lose, lose grip of it. Right. Right. Um, I, I it's, it's actually a good problem to have. Um, there's other yes. districts out there in some older, developed communities where they're they're actually closing some elementary schools because the there's no kids right. in the neighborhood anymore right um, yeah, declining so enrollment I think it's a, an issue yeah, yeah it's a it's a it's a good problem to have um it's also a good problem to have to um have all the problems that teachers have it sounds like because uh it's a it's a really rewarding career from everything that uh, our guest ed is telling us um, for Sanskriti Desai, uh, Ed Santo Padre, our great guest here today on The Current. I want to thank everybody for listening. Um, and if you're sitting on the fence, get off the fence. Go get that, uh, teaching credential, uh, get that master's degree. Uh, go to tu.edu and, and become a teacher. Uh, it's not, 
it's it's California. It's not Oklahoma. Like it's it's fine. Like it's, they, we can still have some respect for teachers. Um, but uh, go go get that degree and and um, and uh, apply for a job with uh, with Ed's district if, if you're so inclined. Um, but we are so glad to have uh, Ed Santa Padre as our guest today. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And until the next time, we will see you all on the current. <laughs>